Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearing steering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt, how's your week going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's, it's, it's pretty fun that every week we do this podcast now, like the Orioles make some type of move. Yeah, Even they're very active. Yeah. Like, if you thought that uh, new ownership would mean that Mike Elias would not try to make all these under-the-radar deals, uh, these cheap kind of moves, uh, then you're mistaken because Mike Elias is very active uh, in, the, in the DFA well, pool. I like to think that sometimes those are the only moves. Like there's nothing else available. Where it's not yeah. that he's trying to be cheap, but it's that's what's available. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's the best move. I, I mean, I think uh, at this point, it's just kind of looking for those depth pieces and hoping you maybe hit on a depth piece. But right, but yeah, it's, this is just icing on the cake because our team's good. Yep. Despite what FanGraphs.com might tell you. Well, and good. and despite the little. The hiccup we've hit on the road from last week to this week. Josh, we were thought we'd be talking about fat pitchers. Yeah. Not the best rotation, too many. Yeah, pitchers. not oh hey, welcome back, everyone. Now let me announce all the injuries. <laughs> uh yeah. I I I would much rather be here talking about fat pitchers, beards, and I guess mustaches are popular now. So mustaches. Or yeah, um, yeah, um, people growing their hair out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'd much rather talk for an hour about the new uniforms and how players are upset and fans that are upset about the new uniforms. Yeah. You and Burke can do a special episode. I'd much rather talk about that yeah. rather than um, talk about injuries. Yeah. I missed the days where everyone, no one came and in injured because no one had lifted a finger all offseason except to pick up a beer. Now, all of a sudden, you have people probably playing really hard in the offseason training. And coming in injured, I go stop working so hard, pick up a beer, relax, come in fat, and then get in shape, and don't be injured. I mean, do you think they're it's because of off season workouts, or do you think it's that uh, past generation of players just played through this crap? Oh no, I think it's working on the off season. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll let let's look at them. There's four injuries that All were right. announced right when they came back. All right. There is first off, before you announce them, yeah. I want to get your quick. I'm not, first, I'm, <laughs> I'm announcing it. I announced it. been announced a week ago. Yeah. yeah, everyone yeah. knows. Do yeah. you think the Orioles knew about this before these guys reported to camp? Oh, 100 percent. Okay. I would be surprised if any of them were its new stories because they announced it kind of on the first day of spring training. Right. Right. I, so I assume think, they knew all of them. Do you think any of this news had to do with? had to be the reason for signing Corbin Burns. No. Okay. I think I don't know what I, I think it's zero connection. What do what do you think? Specifically the Kyle Bradish. I'd say Bradish. I mean if they're concerned that Brad Bradish might need Tommy John, that could be like, well, we gotta get someone. I mean, yeah, we certainly do. I mean if if we were in the same situation without Burns, <laughs> we'd be <laughs> yeah. it'd be a little bit of a disaster. It'd be a little it bit of a freak out moment. It would be. Yeah. So so maybe you got that stuff, got Burns taken care of ahead of time. So now we're like, oh, it's yeah, it sucks. But all right, so go ahead, break down the injuries. Uh, so you mentioned Cobb Radish, and it's a UCL. This was a little bit of a debate here. Tear, partially torn. It's a, a UCL sprain. Right. Um, I, now, I feel like every time there's a UCL injury, they say it's a sprain or a tweak or like they make up a new grade of the UCL to make it not sound so bad. Yeah. I and remember. I never know if they truly just are hiding the truth. 
Well, Felix Batista, remember, he had a UCL partial tear. Right. And we were, and I was doing, I was playing Dr. Matt over here, looking at all these scholarly articles about UCLA tears. And What's the dish? To see if you can play through them. Um, and because that's what they're saying at first, can he pitch through a partial tear? Now, with Cobb Radish, it's a UCL sprain, which presumably is less severe than a partial tear. Because if it was just as severe, they wouldn't be even talking about bringing him back. They just right. shut him down for Tommy John surgery. But how severe in the sprain? Does it heal with rest? Or will it require Tommy John surgery? All that is to be determined. So right uh, now, out for a while, we at least months, and with the potential for him to be out for the year. And the thing that sucks about injuries like this, Josh, is... You, okay, so then you wait, and let's say they wait two months, and let's say they even wait three months, and then it just isn't getting better despite trying to get him back on the mound. And so then they do the surgery three and a half months from now. So now all of a sudden, he's three and a half months even back further than he would have been if he just did the surgery right, right away. Uh, but they want him to pitch in 2024. The latest quotes are are all positive, like he can yeah. do it, like he just needs rest, and and so there seemed to be some optimism around Cobb Bradish, whereas with Felix Bautista, it was more kind of wishful thinking, but no one was really optimistic. With Bradish, there seems to be a little bit of optimism that he can pitch again in 2024 and that he won't need surgery. Uh, well, and Bradish has been doing soft toss, and he's been working out with the uh, pitchers. He was doing um, whatever simulations, but instead of throwing to first base overhand, he was throwing underhand. So. Yeah, I saw that video. That's hilarious yeah. and embarrassing and sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of feel like all pitchers should throw to first base underhand because I see so many stupid throws from pitchers to first base. Oh, man. I just went um, this last week. It was fun, Josh. I felt good. On Friday, I went to opening day. That was college baseball opening day. And I went to Mercer's opening day baseball game yeah. against Toledo. And it was a lot of fun. Just felt good to be out there in the on, in the stands again watching a baseball game. And of course, it went to the tenth inning, and there was a little dinker back to the pitcher, and the and the first base and the pitcher picked it up and chucked it over the first baseman's head to allow the winning run to score. So we, we <laughs> well, lost in I've the extra innings. So I've I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. I've picked it up and I've threw it into the ground four feet in front of the first baseman. Yeah, yeah. these pitchers can pinpoint their fastball anywhere they want but yes. you ask them to soft toss to first and you have no idea where the ball's going exactly that's why I, i'm fine with all under here but you're right i had little league kickoff uh two weeks last week and been in the batting cages a ton and it's just awesome that baseball season's back here yeah like, it's, it's feel like it's been a long off season yeah like seeing the being able to like turn on and see pictures of the orioles at spring training and out enjoying the weather and baseball myself it's just it's like a new year yeah it's awesome Seeing Corbin Burns in an Orioles jersey, which still doesn't kind of feel real. Yeah, Corbin cool. and Adley hugging. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that's cool. That's good to see. Uh, and yeah, we can do a little bit of a little league talk here at the end of the episode, Josh, because um, on Saturday I have evaluations to yep. go to. I which don't even know what that gotta, means. Which means you got to get I, ready for I, the draft. I, yeah, I want to give you some. I want to get some advice from you here at the yeah, end. Yeah, for of the drafting show. little kids. All right. Yeah, um, we'll get to little league at the end. Sounds so. Cobb Bradish was the first injury UCL sprain. The next one was John Means, uh, left elbow flare-up. And All so right. he's about a month, they said, behind schedule, so he couldn't right. return to the mound in April. Now, that that one makes sense to me because, remember, they, they slowed him down in the postseason. Is this still saying. from that? So my guess is that this is still that same injury. That because what? Well, no, no, because he's a month behind. So my guess is that because of the postseason, he rested after that. And then t- started his winter workout a month late is what my guess is. Because if you figure his season would normally end the beginning of October, he gets October off, and then he can kick in in November working out again. Here, but that's what here, happened. Well, he ended, yeah, but he but he was hurt for that month, so he couldn't. So then he was hurt, recovered, had that month rest, then build had to build up. Would be my guess. My guess right. is it's all from that same injury. It's not a new injury. It's a month behind from the postseason. Okay. It sounds like to me he had a lot of time to rest last year and through the offseason. So, I, but all right. Yes, all right. Yes, I get that. Um, left and left elbow flare up. I don't know what it means. Uh, I hope it's not serious. People are talking like it's not serious. I don't know what left elbow flare up even means. 
Um, I assume it doesn't mean like his elbow's flaring up and like it's t- twice the size of his other elbow. I don't think that's what's happening. No, I think, it's just I think it just now. means it's sore. Yeah. Um, the other injury that was announced right when spring training started was Gunnar Henderson oblique soreness. This to me is one of those injuries that screams working too hard in the offseason yeah, and you yeah. heard it working, working out. Yes. This is, he was trying to like, yeah, lift more weights than he should be during the offseason, pushing hard yeah. and just a little sore. And again, yeah. no concern there. He'll be fine. Zero concern. And no. listen, no. we don't want to lose Gunnar Henderson for any amount of time. But if you were to lose any kind of position on the on the on the on the team, infield is the position where we have a lot of depth. So yes, you can withstand a short injury. Yes, but you don't want to lose your rookie of the year. I would rather have Gunnar Henderson, but I'm I'm saying if he has to go away for a week, no. Jackson Holiday sliding in, and I think we're okay. Uh, yes, but let's just let's I, I, yeah. I, let's keep Connor. I mean, I feel like my oblique is sore just from walking around all day, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, you're not 22, like I also so. don't know what an <laughs> oblique is. Is it's an just, oblique an arm or a leg? No, it's your stomach, right? <laughs> I have no idea. It's your stomach. Am I, make, I, I just assumed it was your stomach. Um, yeah, we should certainly know what we're talking about. Yeah, here. Uh, we're just a pair of doctors. It is. <laughs> Uh no, that's about a right angle. A muscle, a muscle near a muscle near neither parallel or perpendicular to the long axis of a body or limb. I don't know what that means. All right, thanks for that, Josh. Thanks, appreciate that. That just is like I have a sore muscle. Yeah, but 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 this is gonna mean. Um, I I think this means kind of no. Uh, missing of time. I assume it'll be there all for spring training. Yes. I don't think it's a big deal. No, it's for it's it's a it's soreness from overextending a muscle. I think it's your stomach from like stretching and, or and like pulling your stomach and the straining of a person's non-dominant arm. Okay, I know. I think you're wrong. I think anytime I hear a I'm, 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 I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading medical news today. I think right, they fine. know a little bit more. Uh. Then uh, the, the, if someone throws with their right arm, then the side strain will occur on their yes. left oblique. Yes, yes. Okay, so not the stomach, but like the side. Yeah, the side. So it's like yeah, the side you're right-handed. The yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. All right. That's yeah. the oblique. We're doctors. Yeah. Doctor we got to the doctor. bottom of it. Yep. Um, I've had a sore oblique. I may yeah. or may not live with one every day. The, All right, so uh, no big deal. Right, so it's no big deal. He'll be there for all spring training. Um, we, I apologize, listeners, for that medical talk. Maybe we can edit out that beginning and just to the end where we explain what it is, not and pretend like we didn't look it up. Um, um, the other one, Samuel Basalo or Basayo, his right. This is a right elbow stress fracture. Yep. To me, this screams overuse too. Like you, this is like a mid-season injury where you're throwing too much, and so you have stress in your elbow. And He's again, too much on the off seasons get the stress on the end. Right, but again, no concern because we weren't going to see him this season. Well, right. I mean, I guess maybe a little bit concerned his development. I, I, I mean, they're saying like maybe um, six weeks. This is another one, kind of like UCL, where less dangerous, but could lead to surgery if it doesn't get better and heal. So we just hope it gets better. Um, it's a little disappointing because I was hoping to see him play in spring training. I guess there's a chance he could DH, but he just can't throw. Uh, and so, but we won't see him. Be, we, we won't, won't see him catching. We won't see him training. at all, I don't think. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it's likely we won't see him at all. So that's it. Instead right. of seeing fat pitchers, we had those four injuries. Bradish, Means, Gunner, Basayo. By far the most concerning uh, is Bradish because yes. coming off close to a Cy Young kind of worthy year, one of the best pitchers in the second half last year, and 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 now this kind of messes with the rotation. Yeah, and I think it's that rotation. The big takeaway from this is the rotation that we're going to start opening day without John Means and without Kyle Bradish in this rotation. And yeah. we go back to last week where we were like, well, DL Hall would never get a spot in this rotation anyway. He That's would he, he would have been nice to have now because now yeah, we're he looking at would have been making a run at the right because now we're looking at Tyler Wells probably falls in in here and it's going to give a guy like Cole Irvin a chance to be back in this rotation. Yeah, I think the I think all right. So, Josh, first of all, and we can break down the rotation. I'm curious to see. Um, okay, but 
do you, is there no question opening day starter now right for mike elias though is there now more pressure to either do a free agent signing or make another trade can we run with this starting five and and um, we even don't i mean john means is a bit of a question mark right coming off of an injury yes. with a year and now like we assume he's back and healthy but there's a bit of a question mark there so I mean, this is a playoff-built team. Are we good running with what we got? Or if you're Michael Elias, do you this, feel pressure making another move? This is not a all-in, all-that-matters-is-this-year type season because this team's built for the uh, for the long haul. So I'd say it's not – doesn't add any more pressure, I think. But I also think that when you look at all the free agent pitching that's still available – there's plenty of opportunities for the right deal. And I think that Michael Elias will be constantly checking in on those as spring training goes on. And there's still pitchers sitting out there that are free agents. I think he is still going to be listening. And I think making, I think he still makes some type of move. I don't think there's any added pressure though. That would cause it. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Um, like I, mean, I think the- he'd be looking at this to make these moves. Last week, also, if there were no injuries. Right. I mean, Montgomery, Snell, Clevenger, Laurent, Michael Lorenzen. Um, if you want to throw your boy Trevor Bauer in there as well. Right. And we're um, a weekend of pitchers and catchers, and there's still all these guys sitting out there. Yeah, it's wild. I don't know what these pitchers are doing. Uh, I assume there's offers out there. I assume you're just waiting for more money. Yeah. More years. But at some point, this game of chicken's going to end. And these guys are all going to sign, I guess, one-year deal, two-year deals. Well, and, that's, and I think that's on the, the only way field. that Elias is even, like, listening, is if all of a sudden someone says, oh, one- or two-year deal. Yeah. Because Elias doesn't – I don't think Elias wants to sign any of these guys aren't good enough, I think, to warrant for the Orioles no. a long-term deal. No, the Orioles are looking at long-term deals for Corbin Burns, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, and Jackson Holiday. They're yes. not looking and, for anyone that's not a current Oriole to get a long term. And I would take any of those guys over Montgomery or Snell or Correct. anyone else you mentioned. Yes. But like I was saying, as we wait more and longer and longer on these guys, it those become, well, I'm gonna take a one year deal and reset the market next year. Because I think I think maybe we th- all thought that this Atani sign in was gonna open up the floodgates, and I think what it did instead is make all these pe- pitchers think they can get a ton of money. And yeah, I, think, well, I think there's more, either pitchers or agents, just expecting a lot more money now. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's like what, what we talked about. I wonder how many teams are kind of feeling what we're feeling, where we want kind of elite talent or we don't want anybody. Right, and, these are middle-of-the-road guys. Yeah, Blake Snell, I mean, freaking Cy Young award winner, but he has his flaws. He's he gets injured a good amount and he has a hard time pitching past the fifth inning. And that's like he's not it's hard to call someone an ace when he can't get into the sixth and seventh inning consistently. Right. So that's a big flaw. Um and 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 Jordan Montgomery again in terms of injuries and amount of innings thrown. Um, like there's some concerns there. Um do you had a good year last year, but but can he build off it? It's some inconsistency in his past. So they're not they're not slam dunk pitchers. So that's no. what I'm saying. No. Are you in the same mindset of me that you see Michael I signing one of these guys? I think there's I would put it as two percent chance. Okay. So you're saying we're not signing anyone. No, we're, I'm we're, saying Buck Showalter, I like our guys. If yeah. we make a move, it's more cash consideration like the guys we did this week. Yes. I think what we'll, we might continue to do that, but I don't anticipate us. Because these pitchers are so flawed, and I think because of, you can argue what we got is as good as what's out there, maybe outside of Snell and Montgomery, but I don't think we want to pay for Snell or Montgomery. And if we do, it's going to be one-year deal, and I just still think that Montgomery and Snell will hold out for a multi-year deal. So I just don't think it makes sense. Yeah, but I I think, I texted you earlier this week, I think that Michael Lorenzen, I think that's the guy. Uh, Former Tiger, and he's out there, he's low 30s, I, I can't see him. He hasn't proven enough to get a long-term deal, I don't think. So I don't know why we wouldn't be able to work out a one, two-year deal with him. Yeah. Um, let's see. The According to Fangraphs, his projected deal um, was 
by like uh, by by Fangraphs writers was two years, twenty million. So that that is in line with what the Orioles. Could. Yeah, that's an Oriole. That's what I'm saying. That's an Orioles yeah. style deal. Yeah, I could see them doing that. I could see them doing that with a second year option. Hey, we only want you for one year, uh, and then give you an option for the second. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I mean, if if you want to roll with him as your plug him in as your fourth or fifth starter, I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's the guy I'd look at. Former Red, former Tiger. He, I think he had like a three ERA last year with the Tigers. So well, he I was think, he was the guy that was. Oh, see now I'm gonna mess this up. Wasn't he the guy traded to? Um, wasn't he traded to Phillies last year? Or am I making that up? Uh, let's see. I know. And he then was he a, pitched a no hitter in his first start. Or that's somebody else. That's yes, that is him. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he he did. He traded the Phillies through that no hitter. So we, okay. anyone that throws a no hitter means you got a little bit of stuff. Right, right, all right. Um, so, but if we don't get, assuming we r- roll with what we get, what we got, um, we know Corbin Burns is going to be our open day starter. Yes, we know Grayson Rodriguez will be our second day starter. Correct. Our Saturday starter. Right. Uh, and then we know Dean Kramer. Am I missing someone? De- Dean Kramer. Uh huh. That's it. Is that it? Yeah, because that, it, it well, no one because it was John Means and Kyle Bradish, and they're both out now. So we're gonna throw Tyler Wells in there. Okay. And then that fifth slot is, um, Cole Irvin, Bruce Cole Zimmerman. Irvin, Bruce Zimmerman, Keegan Aiken. I mean, what Washington oh, starter do you want to put in there? Yeah, I think it's uh, Cole Irvin's slot to lose. I would think. Yeah, and there are. I mean, but I guess if you look Zimmerman. at the first couple, first kind of. This is how it always is. There's a lot of off days the first couple of weeks, so you could roll with four stars if you really wanted to. Yeah, but um, then you're putting. Yeah, um, yeah, because you have that off day on Friday, so Burns could easily pitch on five after five days and come in. Yeah, you're right. Because then we've got the following Thursdays off, so we yeah. could roll with four, and then we got. Yeah, in the first month of baseball, we have one, two, three, four, five days off. If you add uh, two more weeks to that, there's six days off. So we could definitely run four man. Right. That wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, if you wanted to, to open the season up. You could definitely I, do that. You could go with four man. But I think you're going to – the other thing that works out in the Orioles' favor is that first month is pretty weak. And when you look at the teams you're facing, the Angels – the Royals, the Pirates, the Red Sox, the Brewers, the Twins, the Royals, the Angels, the Athletics. Who scares you in that bunch? Right. Nobody. Right. No one. Right. Um, so that yeah, helps and, as well. Yeah. I mean, so this is going to be an interesting spring training, more than I thought. Like, I didn't think Cole Irvin and Bruce Emerson would be in the discussion. But then all of a sudden, two guys are out to yep. start the season, and they all of a sudden get into that discussion real quick. And so... Um, and then, uh, yeah, so the, 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 those are the two guys to watch. Any, anybody outside of that, you're going to have to go add someone to your 40-man from, from the minors if you want to explore that, like a Chase McDermott kind of guy. But I think that's unlikely because from everything Michael Elias says, those, he needs more time in AAA. And so yeah. um, I think it's going to be – I would expect it to be Tyler Wells and Cole Irvin as your swingman if you need him to be your fifth starter. He can plug in and do that as well. Now that what sucks is that then hurts our bullpen because Wells, we saw as a back end or long relief guy and Irvin was definitely a long relief guy. So you're going to have to make that up. But at the same time, you've got a rotation that hopefully doesn't rely on the bullpen as much. Yeah. I do wonder Josh, if getting a starter is too cost prohibitive, especially if you expect John Means back and Kyle Bradish back, that maybe the recent moves Michael Elias has been doing to say, okay, I'm not going to spend money on a starter, but let me get a bunch of weapons in my bullpen to kind of take Shuffle. that approach. So I, I know I'm going to need more bullpen work, especially when I'm rocking Cole Irvin and Tyler Wells for the first kind of month of season. So let me get more bullpen arms out there, give me more bullets in that, right. on that side of things. And we did have some – Bullets that kind of hung out at Norfolk, like a Zimmerman and Vespi that did not spend much time up in the majors that could come up this year and and spend a little more time that first month up top. 
Yeah. And listen, um, last year, we weren't expecting Yanni or Cano to be our second best reliever in the bullpen. So I still think it's very possible that there's a dude out here no one's talking about that's going to, you know, come in and be a big contributor, whether as a starter, more likely as a bullpen arm. So that's something to watch for as well. Who? I, the Orioles made two cash consideration moves this week. Yes. Uh, Ort and Crook. Yes. Are either of these, these are what you're calling bullpen depth. Are yeah. you excited have you, have you looked at their, any of their numbers, Josh? Just, I mean, I glanced at it a little bit. I mean, one's a lefty, one's a righty. Yes. Uh, they're both, I found it interesting that the one came from the Yankees. The guy from the Yankees, who was that? That was Crook. His numbers yeah. looked pretty good. Um, I was yeah. pretty impressed with him, especially since he was coming from the AL East. And I guess even Ort was a, was a Red Sox. So they're both, I found it interesting that we were born guys from our own division. Yeah. Um, Crook, I mean, he had a really good year at AAA last year. He's interesting because he was a starter. Then last year they switched into a bullpen arm. And how about this, Josh? Strikeouts per nine innings. As a reliever at AAA for Crook, did did you see this stat? No, no. Josh, listen to this: fourteen and a half strikeouts per nine, per nine? innings for Crook. Yes. All right, so that's telling me he's a late inning guy. Wait, Josh. Wait, Josh. All wait. right. Next stat. All right. Walks per nine inning. Oh no, twenty-two. <laughs> and this is through a whole AAA oh, no. season. Is this Tanner Scott material here? Six point eight eight. All right. So almost an inning All right, guy. So almost an inning guy. Inning All right. Guy. So that's not good. No, this is this is I, I was going to say Fujinami territory. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is the this is the guy it. you send out there. He's either going to be lights out or loading up the bases. But here's what the craziest thing about it is, Josh. All right. So. 14 and a half strikeouts. And you got me all excited innings. with the strikeouts, and then you had to bring that out. Seven walks per per nine innings. I, I don't even need to tell you, Josh. How, um, if I said his miles per hour and his fastball, knowing that strikes out everybody and walks everybody, what's his fastball, you think? Uh, 99. 88 miles per hour. <laughs> I don't know oh, wait, what this what? guy is going doing. On? What is this? I don't know what's going on, but he he, he was he's an interesting guy because – I did some research on him because I was just so interested in his strikeout numbers. And I looked at kind of his, you know, his, he's got four pitches, goes a fastball, sinker, yeah. fastball 88, sinker might hit 89. All right. So the sinker must be pretty good. That must be a strikeout pitch. Yeah. So it's a slider. But he was drafted in the first round um, by Miami, then went back to college, didn't yeah. go, didn't right. go, went back to college, went to Oregon, then was drafted in the fourth round. Um, so, and then he's pitched for the Giants, pitched for the Rays, mostly as a starter, pitched for the Yankees, and the Yankees switched him up to to, to being a uh, bullpen guy. He's no spring chicken, though, right? He's 29 years old, so he's right. been around for a while, has only had a cup of coffee in the majors, mostly just a career minor leaguer, had a cup of coffee in the majors last year, okay. and walked, here's a good walk rate, in his, it's only four games, so it's not fair to pick on him. But he had 13 and a half walks per nine innings in his four games. So that's not good. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's going to be a, a test of can the Orioles fix his control issues. And if, if, if so, it seems like it'd be a really good addition. But um, I think that's a to be determined there. Yeah, I, that's definitely a, a to be determined. I think, but I'm okay with that. Um, I was looking. It's the Ort guy that we signed today that's got that 99 fastball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the Ort guy is interesting. He's older. He's 32. Yeah. Something I noticed about him that stuck out to me is he's like a fringe guy where a lot of people like him but not enough to keep him. So, like, since um, – here's his little latest transactions since this offseason. So, in, Octo- in, um, um, in October 13th, so right at the beginning of the season, Seattle Mariners claimed him um, from, the, from the Boston Red Sox. Then December 1st, Miami Marlins claimed him from the Seattle Mariners. Then February 13th, this is all this offseason, Philadelphia Phillies claimed him off the waivers from Miami. And now we um, got him from the Phillies. 
the other so he's already been this offseason he's been with he started with the Red Sox then the Mariners then uh, Miami then Phillies this is his fifth team in this one offseason which shows other teams want him they value his stuff but also he's kind of the first to go when they need to open up a roster spot right um the the other the other thing that's kind of interesting, um, if you look at, I think, both Eastern Jacksons, Josh, with Ort and Crook, is they weren't straight DFA pickups. They were both trades for cash considerations. And so it yes. seems to me that the Orioles valued them, both these players, Crook and Ort. They didn't, they thought maybe if they passed through Ravers, the Orioles, because they're so, because their record, they would kind of get last dibs on Ort and Crook. And they want to make sure that they get them. Gotcha. So they offered cash considerations instead of waiting for them for to go kind of get to them. Because I guess they didn't thought they would okay. they didn't think they would get them yep. to them and, and they valued the arms of Wharton Crux. No, so. that, that makes a lot of sense. These were waiver wire guys that they threw some cash at so they'd get before they hit waivers. Yes. Gotcha. All right, I like that. Um they sound a, they both sound a lot like that Brian Baker type pitcher. Where it's like, when you're good, you're good. But if you're not, you're not. And you see the potential. You see flashes. But let's just hope they don't load the bases in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I hope, let's hope maybe they're not in a position to, to have to be that guy in the playoffs because you have other guys. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think this is, again, it's going to be curious to watch them. Um, I mean – Wart has the same issues with with walks. He walks a bunch of guys, um, right? So I think both of them have good stuff, but good strikeout stuff, but lack control. So I think it's something going to be be interesting to watch. And um, it means there's an opportunity. And hey, we've got some new pitching coaches, so let's see how they do. Yeah, like I think we pride ourselves on our pitching development. Yes, uh, we see this. With Which is weird players. to say out loud, but yes. Yeah, and here are two veterans. And can we fix them? Though, I mean, you have cases where I think we fixed them, like Bautista and Cano. You've also have cases where it hasn't worked out as you, well as you wanted, like a Fujinami, to be honest. So, um, well, there might have been a little language barrier there. Well, and also, I mean, we got Fujinami at the trade deadline. Late, yes. Yeah. Here we have a whole spring training to work with them. But it's. Um, but I, I, mean, I hope. I, I hope we have a chance. I don't know what their op situation is, but I hope both these guys have a chance to play at AAA, maybe, and then get the call up if needed. Right. Of course, we might need him beginning of the season to fill up this this bullpen. Right. Given some of the pitching injuries, sure, that's possible. Right. Now, I guess there's always, every year, there's players that have success and players that don't. I mean, Cole Irvin was a disappointment last year. You're always going to have that. The question is, do you have more good than bad things that happen to your team? Right. I, I think the argument that Fangraphs.com is making in their MLB playoff projections, which, by the way, if you pay attention to it, and a lot of people do this, but Fangraphs is kind of a famous one, so I'll, I'll call them out. They have the Orioles um, projected to have 84 wins, Yes, finished third in the division, a 52% chance, so a 50-50 chance of making the playoffs. I think all those numbers are extremely low. Yeah, I am, I am ready to put... Um, a good amount of money bet on the Orioles with those numbers. Yeah, I don't know what the Vegas win total is for the Orioles. I don't know if, if, if they've. If, I assume they have established win totals. For yeah, two. I just don't know what's. And I bet is. the injury Cobb Radish maybe hurt that a win or two. Yes. Um, but but they're assuming right that Cobb Radish went out with the injury that he couldn't pitch as well. I think they're assuming that Dean Kramer takes a step back. I mean, because think about it, we won 101 games. We're going to add the top prospect in baseball and add an ace, and you're saying we're going to lose, what, 17 more games? It doesn't really add up. But I think what the argument is they're making is Ryan O'Hearn can't play as well as he did last year. Um, other players will take a step back, and Austin Hayes might take a step back. Some of your pitchers, Yannir Cano can't pitch like he did last year. Uh, we don't have Felix Batista. That's a huge injury or a huge loss in that bullpen. So – um, yeah, I think I, I mean, this is what makes baseball so fun and so such a great sport is, I mean, the NBA, you can pencil in who's going to make the finals after the first week of the season. 
you you really can't as much in baseball. It's not quite as wild as football where you really have no idea. Something like the Texans kind of nowhere. It's harder for that to happen in baseball. But still, you have so many individual players that make up a team and are so inconsistent from year to year. Also, by the way, which makes Corbin, Corbin Burns so special because he's been so consistent his whole major career. That's what makes Corbin Burns an ace. It makes Cobb Bradish kind of hopeful to be an ace. Is Cobb Bradish doesn't have the same consistency, or no one in our team has the same consistency as, as, as Corbin Burns. So, yeah, and I think when you have, especially with the Orioles, you have so many young players, there's more chance for up and down, right, because they don't have the track record. Right. And I think that's part of the reason why you get, you get some of these projections. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, Baseball Tonight podcast today. Okay. And uh, Buster Olney has the Orioles, and he's projecting the Orioles at 95 wins, which okay, I found very interesting. Good. That's yeah. more of in line with how I feel about the Orioles. Yeah. It's those mid-90s, and it's very interesting for me to see someone, like a national reporter, go that far off of fan graphs. Yeah. So I found that interesting. Yeah, I think fan graphs, if you just look at the numbers – I mean, they have the Yankees win the division at 88 wins. So I think they have they, – they, they don't have anyone over 100 wins, for example. So I think they kind of push back towards kind of closer to the, the, the 500 record, right? Like they put everyone kind of around there. And the best team projected to have the best record is the Braves at 98 wins. Um, but no one in the American League, for example – only the Astros is projected to get over 90 wins in the whole American League. So right. they just can, kind of skew more for the averages. I was checking Hard Rock, and I checked my bookie, and you can currently not bet on the number of wins for the Orioles. They have okay. it taken down, probably because of the Kyle Bradish and John Means injuries. Oh, you can bet on other teams, but not on the Orioles? Yes, you can bet oh, on most teams. Most teams are there. The Orioles are not currently listed. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, maybe due to, to injuries. But um, – I mean, it's still, what, three weeks until we give our predictions? Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I just got an email from the Orioles saying it was, what, 39 days to opening day? Yeah. You email? Yeah, did you book your flight yet? No, no. I um, I, I've Google, I have my flight Google Alerts on for the cheapest flight. All right. So they'll notify me when the flight gets any cheaper. Yep, I'm going to book mine this week. I've been looking at it. I just haven't decided if the whole family's coming back or not. That's what I'm trying to work out. Okay. Because they might all come up with me. All right. But, um, yeah, any, I mean, the best part of spring training so far has been just seeing Jackson Holiday out there, right? Like, is there um, any other positives or anything that's been exciting besides just seeing the players? And, I mean, Jackson Holiday says all the right things. He's out there. He looks good. He's He seems like a veteran. Yeah, he's going to be. I think he's going to be playing around the infield. I think he's going to give him some time at second, short, and third. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch those kind of infield positions. Did you see? I don't know, uh, when, 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 when do games start? I'm excited to see some actual. Uh, February, well, not see because, the, you know, Masson, but excited the, to. The first, the, game, the first game on Masson is on Saturday at one o'clock. Oh, is it this Saturday? As in this Saturday. Which oh, I believe right. no. that um, I believe I guess that's the opening day. So yeah, Saturday at one o'clock is the first right. spring training game, and that game yeah. I saw is on Masson. Masson oh, has doubled the amount of games they will be showing on TV this year, to a total of seven. But I heard the announcers will still be in Baltimore. Yes, yes, yes. That's because because uh, apparently John Angelo still makes decisions. Yeah, what the the deal hasn't been finalized yet, right? With the yeah, with I guess Rubenstein, right? I guess Spirit Airlines doesn't fly to Sarasota. Yeah, to get that seventy dollar deal—that's what I'm looking exactly. for right now. Round yeah. trip seventy bucks, right? So, all right, but yeah, no, it's and I assume we'll see Jackson Holiday in the lineup. Did you see that? Um, they said Ryan O'Hearn is going to be getting some time in the outfield. I did see that. Some corner outfield positions. Yeah. So, and so last week we talked about Mateo is going to get some time at center. O'Hearn yeah. in the outfield. Um, I assume this is twofold. It's one to get these bats in the lineup somehow when we have a stacked infield. And it's got to be also that 
outfield depth was a weakness last year. Right? Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, we talked about it last week a little bit, but also I think on a practical standpoint, looking at platoons, lefty-righty, Kerstet, uh, Stowers, Mullins are all lefties. And so maybe against a lefty, when you're trying to get more right-handed hitters in there, um, and you have Mountcastle playing first as a righty. Right. If you can get, you know, O'Hearn in the outfield as another righty against the lefty, and then you got Hayes and and um uh I mean I don't know if you can do a, a Santander, Hayes, um I'm sorry, O'Hearn outfield. I don't know if that works, but but just another, I think another possibility for uh for your left-handed pitching um in your lineup. And and listen, I think they like O'Hearn's bat. Right. I, I'm interested to see how O'Hearn plays this year because O'Hearn had a breakout year last year. Sometimes those are one-year wonders, right? Like it's possible he kind of regresses and goes back to what he was before last year. He just had a really hot year. And if so, I don't think he's going to have a super long leash. Um, but maybe this, like Mateo, as you get all these young players coming up, young players are going to be fighting for playing time. And so maybe this is another, like Mateo is trying to extend his time with the Orioles by being more flexible and playing center. I think maybe the same deal with O'Hearn. As you get more young, talented players coming in here, if you want to stay on this roster, you got to be flexible and play multiple positions as needed. Or it could not work out and he could not be good at right field. And it could just be an experiment and say, okay, we're not doing this. Right, right. It could be a failure. That's true. But um, yeah. I don't know what my point was there. Yeah. But no, I would Lots say it's only as Hyde's trying to think about this lineup versus left-handed pitchers. Um, I think that's the main motivation there. Okay. I'm good with I'm good with that. I'm good with I know how much Hyde likes that left righty. So I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, he's big in the platoon setup. Yep. All right. So all right, you want to get to some um little league talk here to close out the show because Sure. Sure. So yeah, so you've got you've got uh evaluations on Saturday. I've already been through evaluations. I've been through my draft. I am two weeks in two I've already got two weeks of practices down. Um I was telling you after the show that I've there's this new place, DBATS, that just opened up here, and I was there like four times last week working out with Owen and uh working on some hitting and stuff and saw a big difference already. So my team's in full fling, but you've got evaluation saturday you prepared for this no i have no idea i was just told i have evaluations and i'll be evaluating players i don't even know what that means really Do, uh all right so here's how the evaluations work for me they give me an they give you an app have they told okay. you about an app no they right. said they would give me some sort of evaluation form all right but i don't know what that means so i so we're a little behind what farta does i think all right so here's how evaluations work for me okay is the kids all show up and they get Three balls hit to them in the infield, three fly balls hit to them, and then they get to like swing at three pitches. That's and it. that's it. And three? I am I yes. Oh my. And in my app, I have a one through five scale for infield, outfield, bat in. Mm. And when they they field the ball and try to throw it to first base or throw it in, and I have to go in there and I rate them one through five. Are you? Do you see access to um, any of their info in terms of nothing? Like their age, at least. Do you see their age? Well, it's ten U, so I'm. They're all around nine or ten. Okay, but see, like my question is, I have I'm I'm coaching eight U. Yes, but we have six U, eight U, ten U. So it's yeah. every two years. So here's what I advise to you, yeah. and this is this is where it gets. And my son is six, by the way. Right, playing in eight U, so that's he's going to be there a couple years. All right, so that's good. That's good. So what? here's what I do. I, I also keep a piece of paper in my pocket and a pen. And I go there and I sl- do the little slider one through five in my okay. phone. And then if a kid really stands out to me, I jot his name down on the piece of paper. And then you go talk to his mom to try to get in good. To make sure right, right. Pa- pass okay. some dollars, buy yeah, him yeah. a car. You know how Very it goes. Um, yeah, NIL. I haven't paid attention. Right, right. So the... Anyway, the reason I write down those names is because when you grade all those scores, what it does is it takes your score and all the other coaches' scores, and it compiles that into a score for the kid. Um, and then you get, and then you'll for draft you'll get a list of all the kids and their grade score next to it. 
That's it's a like combined a, that of all it's the a coaches combined play. score that looks like a GPA. Right. Uh grade. Do kids so, get to see their GPA? No. No. I bet some kids would really like to know their GPA. Oh yeah. Owen asks me all the time how he rates among other people, and I don't share it. I won't share it because of two things. One, it's silly. I don't want a kid to be great in his GPA versus other kids. But two, you get three balls. Like, how can you really judge a kid on three balls? Yeah. And there's, and what, it's three balls to hit, three balls in the infield and three balls in the outfield? Yes. Yeah. Like, there's other, like, I'm surprised there's no, because I would think, especially at that age, Josh, one of the biggest factors would be speed. Yeah. I want to do a whole combine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring the bench press out there. I, I want I, I want the bench <laughs> press. I want I want the high pounds? jump. I want to see how far you can throw the ball. I want to sit down and interview you and find out if you have an imaginary girlfriend. I want yeah. to go through all that. Personal interviews. Yeah, but Josh, I would think with, with especially with your league, it's different from me for coach pitch. Yeah. But your league with all the stealing, I would just want to get the fastest players that are out there. You know. Yeah, with my league, with 10U, there's a lot of base running. So we have been really focused on base running in um, in practices this year. And I'll tell you, when I made – so I got COVID. I don't think we had talked on it. I got COVID for the third time a couple weeks ago. Okay. And for, because I, of that – Georgia, everyone I know has COVID, I feel like, right now. It's it's making its rounds. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I missed the uh, draft because of COVID. So I had to send my scouting notes to my assistant coach and have him go and do the draft for me, which felt even worse because I had comments about kids that were in my head that I had to then put down on paper. Mm. So I sent these notes to my coach and it was like, do not draft these five kids. And then it would be like, this kid's name, I don't want to deal with his parents. This kid's name, his parents make him cry. This kid's really annoying. I don't want him on my team. This kid doesn't pay attention. I don't want him on my team. Yeah. So I felt bad about those. So I sent those. But notes. that's from your coaching experience. You you couldn't tell that from evaluations. No, no, no. Evaluations. I don't care. Uh, yeah, yes, I evaluate and took the scores. But when I went drafting, because this is my third season as a head coach in this league, most of all my most of my draft notes came from remembering the kids from previous seasons. Like I said, hey. This kid, it was on the Braves the past two seasons. He crushes the ball. I want him on my right, team. Right. So I've dra- I marked him to be drafted. I marked this other kid. I said, this kid's a really good pitcher, and he's really fast. And I said, I want him on my team, even though his family doesn't speak English. Get him on my team. That's when right. I really felt like a baseball player, <laughs> baseball GM. Yeah. So no, I would um, imagine, yeah, if, if there's any players or parents who don't speak English, I want them on my team. Because- yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've seen what's happened with the majors. Exactly, exactly. Um, they, they play baseball. So, so a lot of my draft notes were not based on that grade score. It was based on remembering this kid, these kids because I also would like – you play these teams two, three times during the season. So I remember Bryson's on the Braves. He's a good first baseman. This kid's the pitcher on the Padres. I want him. So I, I made some notes about some kids like that I remembered. And then I draft kids that I liked previously. Like I've got five kids – that I have had last year. And I've got four, actually all five of them, I might have now had, this might be my third season with them where I'm their head coach. And I like that because you get to see the development where they were when I started coaching in them to where they are now is a huge progression. No, I I agree, Josh. And that's why I was asking. I mean, I, because when I played Little League, it was the same type of situations. I don't remember the evaluations, but I know coaches drafted because I played for Coach Wakefield every year of my little league life because Coach Wakefield always drafted me. Yeah, but did now, you ever did you ever realize that like as a kid, do you ever think about that you were drafted? I didn't. Well, until I got a little bit older, where Coach Wakefield said pretty explicitly, "You're always going to be in my team." So All like, right. All because right. because and it's, that's it's, when I started to figure. Okay, it's weird to go and sit around with other grown men and like pick kids. Yeah, especially, I'm talking about eight or eight, eight you. Yeah, like, exactly. whatever. Just split the kids up. Right. <laughs> Who cares? What are we even talking about here? But I guess maybe that you could potentially, if you do it randomly, get some powerhouse teams or something. Um, I assume it's yeah. done for parity among the teams, but maybe I'm being too nice. The draft? <laughs> too naive. Yeah. It's done. It's done. I think it's done for parity. I think the evaluations are to try to get some parity, but I think it's really done. 
so you can kind of have the, your same. I think it's for the coaches. I think it's so I can have the kids that I want back so that right. I can continue to develop with my kids. Right. And so this is my question, Josh. The Since he's going to be here a couple years at this level, yes. this year, next year, but I'm, you're not drafting a dynasty team. Like if I had my druthers, I would draft all six and early seven-year-olds that and I say, knew would be back right, next year. Right, so they're going to have the same team for two years. But you're at but, a tricky spot because you don't know if they'll be back. What do you mean? Like you, at that age, they're playing because their parents signed them oh, up, sure. not because they love baseball. Sure, but it would be cool to have the same set of you know twelve players. But yes. they're going to be all open to the draft next year again, Correct. so someone else could take my guys. Correct, but that's where the coaches kind of respect each other uh, because they all like you're going to try to draft your like you, I draft my guys first. Like my first four picks are guys I've had before. And just like the other coaches, their first four picks. But then you expect some people are going to be stolen. You just, right. you know it. So. Do you um, have to draft Owen or is that an automatic? No, Owen's an automatic. You don't have to spend a roster, a draft spot on him? No, I automatically get my, um, my son and my assistant son. I automatically get them. Okay. So it's good if your assistant son's a good player. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that the case with you? He's fine. He's good. <laughs> He's good. Josh, going not, through the calculation. Is the assistant coach, is there a chance he could be listening to this podcast? I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's always a chance. And I don't know. I'm not far enough into the season to know what parents have figured this out yet. And especially yeah. the assistant coach. This is my this is my third season with him as my assistant coach. Yeah. So, yeah, he could definitely be, be listening to this. Um, no, he's a good kid. I, I like him. I like him on my team. He's very flexible. I can put him anywhere in the field, and I can even put him in the pitch as needed. So All he's right. a good kid. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it next week. I mean, I'm going to go into the evaluations. My goal is to um, get the best freaking players possible to win as many games. But, Josh, I, I will uh, – I'll, I'll say this too, and I, my yeah. goal is to get the best possible team to win as many games. But – in light of coaching, knowing that I'm going to be doing this and knowing that, like, I'm moving up from T-ball. Yeah, coach yeah, oh yeah. Coach. You're, you're sucked in now. Well, I started following. Josh, do you follow any, um, like, coaching Facebook groups? Um, TikTok. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I knew someone on TikTok. I use Just TikTok. Well, the algorithm does it for me. My TikTok is all Little League coaching. And yeah. I do, so I I'm, don't think I'm in any Facebook groups, but I, um, I've got a bunch of coaching tiktoks i like okay because i started following a couple facebook groups and i gotta be careful now because i'm gonna i'm starting to judge what i'm a part of now and i know i'm a part of this now oh but like it's like people posting videos of their seven-year-old kid literally their seven-year-old kid taking ground ball infield and throwing to first asking for feedback on him picking up the ball a ground ball and throwing to first and there's like 70 comments critiquing <laughs> how the seven-year-old picked the ball and threw it to first base and i'm like this is i can't handle this i can't right. i can't right. handle this i have a bunch of coaches i follow on tiktok and they are coaches for like older kids so i'm not looking at like little league coaches okay. like yeah. i'm looking at that things that can help you in baseball at any level yeah it's like i follow uh like i know one is coach rack who's a guy that plays on the bananas and he gives okay. a lot of good uh, tips for hitting. Uh, so yeah. I've been watching him and, um, but that's what, I mean, yeah. the, and maybe I'm just running from them on Facebook group, but they're all like this. They're all either swings or hit or just videos of their kids or players right. swinging or, or fielding really young and asking people just to tear it up. And it just, it's, it's, and maybe I'm a part of this process now, so I can't criticize it because I'm inside yeah. it, but it's, it just seems a bit much. Like, we well, it, it reminds me of <laughs> the kid that I won't draft on my team anymore because his parents made him cry at every game because yeah. the parents took it way too serious, thinking he's going to be an MLB left uh, starter. Now, yeah. he's a left handed pitcher. So if he becomes that way, then good what, way to go. I will be telling everyone that I coached Lucas. Sure. But until then, I can't have his parents causing him to cry during the game and I have to console him. Well, and I and, and maybe I'm completely off on this. Maybe I'm completely off on this. But I, I mean, and Silas has been invited to play fight play, play travel ball and I've I've not doing it. And I I feel like people think 
to get your kids to play like professional baseball or at the highest level, you need to like do all this critique no. his infield at seven years old. No, you, you, you need to put him in travel ball. My stance is like talent. Like if you put Jackson holiday, for example, it didn't matter what advice he got when he was eight about his infield positioning. Right. The guy just had freaking talent and well, it's, it's, it's gonna, that would emerge. And as you get older, you can critique that stuff. But, no, it's, as, but it's as a kid, that. yeah, it's it's at, not at, helping them get to the majors. No, at ten and under, what I'm coaching now, I am taking it more serious. I'm teaching. I'm this season. I'm teaching some different things like science and stuff, which is yeah, new. that makes sense as they get older. Uh, as they get older, but at this age, the most important thing that you can teach these kids at this age and younger is to love the game of baseball, because it doesn't matter how talented they are. If they don't love baseball, then they're not getting anywhere. If you're yeah. making your kid cry at nine years old because he's struggling on the mound, he will never be a major league pitcher. Because he's going to quit. He's going to yeah. quit. And I, I guess here's where we disagree a little bit, Josh, and your philosophy and fun. Where me, I don't ever remember in Little League coaches emphasizing loving the game and having fun. Because for me, and still now, like playing in the game is the fun. Yes. Practice taking balls at third base for practice is fun. Is fun. You you don't need yes. to add kickball to it. You don't need to add dodgeball. No, no, but you just let me play the game and yes. that is the fun. Yes, but this is the age where you're transitioning into kids that are playing cuz their parents signed them up versus playing cuz they love the game. And honestly, the way I make sure that uh, to remind kids always that it's fun is that the last 30 minutes of every practice we just do a scrimmage. Because then you're playing the game. Right. And the playing is the fun. The playing's the fun. Yeah. I mean, I always thought, and, and maybe I'm crazier, I thought even taking fly balls was fun. Playing yeah. catch to start the game. I'll tell you, I got a new oh. I got a new tool this year. And okay. I, I, I will I, because my Facebook is also full of every freaking hitting throwing yes. device known to All man. Right. I own none of them, yes. but I always click on them and I'm thinking, crap, every time I click on them. I know I'm going to see 20 more of these. What am I doing to myself? I I am tempted to buy so much stuff. I did buy one this year. Okay. I'm curious Uh, to see. I want you to buy these devices. Try them out and let me know. All right. You know the fungo bat? Yeah. You know, which is just a short bat for hitting fly balls and line drives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure then you've gotten ads for the fungo racket. Oh, no. I haven't actually seen the fungo racket. All right. The fungo racket is like a tennis racket. But you use it instead of a fungo bat. It's a tennis racket type thing that's strong enough to hit baseballs. All right, so, just looked it up. Yeah, it looks like a little yeah. uh, paddle ball. Uh, so I think it was fifteen bucks. On, I think it was fifteen bucks on Amazon, and with a lot less effort now, I can hit hard balls to my shortstops uh, and fly balls to my outfield. Okay, I was thinking of things to improve your players play. You're talking about things to improve your yeah, players. No, this improves okay, my gotcha. play. This improves <laughs> that I am an old man. But it also improves because I don't have that embarrassing toss the ball, swing and I miss it yeah. or I hit it in the wrong so direction. Have you tried this out? Has it worked well? Yes, love it. I've used it every practice so far. It's I love it. Right. Definitely recommend. It's worth the 15 bucks. It's even worth a little bit more. All right. Um so that's that's the new addition, and then I got a bucket this year, <laughs> a, a six gallon bucket to hold my balls instead of a bag. That was my other addition. Oh yeah, I never returned my bucket from last year's little league. So okay, see, I had a soft bag, and I uh, this year got a bucket. I will say, as far as gear, I got my catcher's gear on the first practice, and I left it at the ball field, and it's gone. I had, my catcher's gear is gone, so I don't know how that's going to end up yet. My catchers have their own gear, so I don't even know why I need catcher's gear. Does the league provide you with catcher's gear? Yes, they do. Okay. But it's now gone, and unless it's in lost and found, and no one has told me it is, then it is gone, and I might have to replace some catcher's gear. I I don't even know. Do I need a catcher coach pitch? Are they using catchers with gear? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think a coach pitch. I don't know. I avoided that age. I started later. Yeah. Smart. So, all right, well, but I'm ready to go. You say, and you say smart, but I'm also already counting down the years of like that Owen outgrows wreck and now has like middle school and high school ball. And how do I transition? Like, because what do I do after that as a coach? 
Do I be the old man that's still coaching little kids, even though I don't have a kid in the league? Or do I transition to an assistant at some of these higher levels? Yeah. Or do I just retire from coaching? How, huh? That's a good question. How, how are there coaches who coach without their kids? I don't know. I don't know any. I don't know either. I don't know any, but I really like coaching. So it's not like I want to stop just because Owen grows up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, something to figure out years from now. Yeah. All right. But, but yeah, well, you got some years. How, I mean, because li- Little League runs through middle school, right? I don't know. I think it goes through 12 U. Through 12 U, yeah. Yeah. And then you got to play high school. High school or travel, travel. or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we got a lot of stuff to break down this year. We got to break down, and I, and I, I haven't, you're, you're the Orioles again, right? For, for Little League. Oh, yeah. Have you picked your team? I hope I can pick. I haven't heard anything. Sada says if he's the Athletics again, he's not playing. And I, I'm with them. If I'm for the Athletics again, because we've been at Athletics every year so far. Well, why don't you just message your commissioner and ask if you can be the Orioles? Um, I don't know. What's wrong? The, don't want to don't want to be that guy. I, I don't want to be that guy. And like Sada already has Oral hats. I kind of and I already have an Oral hat. I kind of want to get a different team's hat. Oh, okay. All right. I like playing fan. I like playing. Um, I won't be the show franchise mode with different teams all right i can understand that i I assisted on the padres yeah the padres would be cool i really take anyone but the athletics at this point yankees red sox no not playing the yankees or red sox um though i did play as a little little leaguer on both those teams i won't do it i've never i never played as an oral as a little leaguer um but i I won't i won't play as a yankee red sox or an athletic those are three teams i won't do it i won't coach all right all right, well, good Good luck with that. Yeah. I'm going to throw my weight around if I need to, Josh. Don't worry. They, they should let you pick. Mine lets me pick. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's a quick turnaround bef- between draft and game, so I assume they've already picked out the teams and bought the jerseys and uniforms. No, we, we pick our teams at the draft is when we have to officially pick our oh, teams. Oh, okay. All right. So well, we should be fine. We have evaluation on Saturday, and either Monday or Tuesday, they said, we'll meet yep. and pick our teams. So. Yep, that's normal. That's how All it right. goes. All right. Uh, well, shoot, if they ask me, I have to think about it. I also found out softball starts for me in March 5th. Oh, really? So. I haven't thought about softball. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get out of here. Uh, we got exciting times, um, spring training, and we got Little League. And at some point, Josh, we need to announce our book club book and yeah, I get that got, started. Yeah, have you gotten got your book yet? No. Did we settle on a book? Because I was going to suggest another book to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we can still talk books. I, I mean, I think we're leaning towards the Brooks Robinson book, but but we can. I'm open to other su- su- suggestions. All right. Yeah, I got to look up the book. Uh, it's like, um, it's like baseball. The story of baseball told in ten pitches. Or something like that. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with that book. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read that book yet? No, no. But I saw. I think Derek Arnold was talking about it. I saw him on Twitter, Goodreads. I don't know where I see Derek anymore, but I saw him. Okay, a history of baseball in ten pitches by Tyler Kepner. So I was looking at that book as well. It's on Amazon. All right. Well, I hope they have it in my local library. I just I requested the book Robinson from my local library. It's headed my way. All right, then I'll grab the Brooks Robinson book, too. We could do Brooks first. All right. I'll post on our Instagram this week uh, the book club link and on Twitter as well so people can check it out there. Get it. All right. Sounds good. All right, boys and girls. Well, stay tuned for that book review. Stay tuned for all our spring training breakdowns, um, some fun stories to follow this spring training, and some stories got a lot more interesting with all these pitching injuries and storylines. So that should be fun to watch, and we'll – Break it down for you each week here, every Monday on Section Three Three Six. Josh, you have new gear. You wanna you wanna plug some new Birdland gear? Oh uh, yeah, plenty of new shirts over on uh, BirdlandSports.com. This week we have the Friends style shirt on sale uh, for the week, um, and it's simply the Friends font logo, but it says Birdland, and it looks pretty cool in black, gray, and white. So you can check that out. It's on sale for like sixteen something this week to celebrate pitchers and catchers and everybody reporting all the all our friends being back at Sarasota. 
There you go. All right. Well, boys and girls, you can follow us on Twitter you can, or X. You can follow me on X at Section 336. You can follow Josh on X. At Josh Soroka and at Birdland Sports. Thank you for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.